Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome to this episode of Empire City's podcast. I'm going to talk a little hockey, some baseball, and my predictions for the championship series and football this weekend. So what I'm going to get to first is the Rangers beating the Islanders 3-2 last night. They played a really... This young team overall lately is playing a very physical type game here. They move the puck really quickly. They look good for a a rebuilding team right now. And what's come to my mind here is that now the Rangers are in a playoff position here. Like they are 3 games out and they have 2 games in hand. And they're sitting I think they're about probably 10th or 11th in the conference. They have 50 points right now. And it's definitely interesting to see because there's all these rumors that Chris Kreider and Gorgiev are rumored in in trade talks, basically. And they their value is just picking up. They're increasing now because they're playing so well. But my point is here, how do you trade these guys in the middle of a playoff run? Like, the NHL trade deadline is February 24th. And if you're still in the mix in mid-February, how are you going to trade these two guys away? I I understand that the Rangers have a goalie dilemma, and they're going to have to figure it out because you can't keep three goaltenders. But there's a point in time here where it's like, Gorgiev is playing out of his mind right now. And his last two games alone against the Islanders, he's been just making these incredible saves. And he's starting to pick up his play consistently now. I, I just don't understand how you're going to do this in the middle of a playoff run. It's really hard. And that it, this, you're putting a lot of pressure on this front office. And it's going to be really interesting to see. And especially if we're in the playoff race I want to say about February 15th to the 20th, the week before the trade deadline. you got to start thinking about adding some pieces. I know that we're supposed to be rebuilding, but if you're in the mix, you got to add another a veteran defenseman at the deadline. Maybe add another veteran goal scorer to help out the younger guys. So it's like, how are you not going to help this team improve? How are you going to get rid of guys? They're going to make you worse, possibly. And the only way I'm trading Gorgiev is if, especially to Toronto, if I'm getting Kasperi Kapanen and their 2020 first round pick and more than that. Other than that, I'm hanging up the phone with Toronto because then I don't want to hear from you. So that's it regarding hockey. I'm going to move to baseball now. With right, once again, I'm talking about this whole entire scandal. Now, Carlos Beltran officially stepped down as Mets manager. We all know that already. ESPN MLB analysis, Eduardo Perez is the number one guy to be the next Mets manager. And I'm wondering if they are going to go. If they're going to at least interview 
some veteran managers now, since they're out there and available, willing to be a manager, uh, it's tough to say right now. The Mets said that they're going to look for people within the organization. They're going to look outside the organization as well. So that's why I bring up runner-up Eduardo Perez. And, like, you got if I'm a Mets fan, I'll be really pissed off at Brody. You want to know why you, I'll be pissed at him? It's because he passed up on a veteran, successful championship manager. And that's Joe Girardi. He had his chance to get Girardi. He wanted to be the next Mets manager. But then he ended up going to Philly. And what's mind-boggling to me is that you decided, you knew about Carlos Beltran being involved in this scandal. So you still managed to pick a former player as who has no managerial experience at all as your next manager over a World Series championship manager that goes to the playoffs every other year at least. What? And now look where we are. He lied to the Mets, Beltran. Carlos Beltran lied to the Mets. And he ended up being forced to step down. So now Brody looks like the biggest clown right now. Along with the Wilpons, they look like the biggest clowns. And now you're going to be stuck with possibly Eduardo Perez. And don't get me wrong, maybe he tur- this guy, if the Mets definitely do hire Eduardo Perez, maybe he turns out to be a decent manager. Because that's how Aaron Boone became the Yankees manager. He was a MLB analysis for ESPN. So maybe, you never know. But like, are you kidding me right now? You knew about this. He lied to you. And you still managed to let this guy be your manager. And it took, it took them all the way till January. It took them to January to figure this out. Oh, man. It's just, it's so, it's mind-boggling. It's like, man. Now you look at, I guess, guys like Bruce Bochy, who's a veteran-type manager, Buck Showalter. Who else? Mm. I don't know. I don't really know who else you, you're going to look at here. Bruce Bochy, I don't think he's... He wants to take off the 2020 season, apparently. Buck Showalter was interviewing with the Houston Astros. So he's more likely to go over there. And then that, where does that leave the Mets? And once again, it brings up to my theory of Eduardo Perez. It's just mind-boggling. You had your chance with Joe Girardi, and you didn't do it. You didn't want to offer him the money. He was willing to come. To New York again. And that, and that's another thing too. He was a Yankee manager. He was a Yankee manager. The best. Franchise in baseball. And. And he was successful here. He won the championship in 2009. He made plenty of other playoff appearances. Are you serious? The Mets. Didn't hire a guy that had managerial success and experience in New York already. That that whole situation, that confuses me too. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm going to get to more 
interesting, crazy stuff that's involving the Houston Astros. And apparently in the 2019 ALCS, there's been rumors that we've had Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman wear these devices on their right shoulder. And that they were basically buzzers. They would go off to let them know what pitch was coming. And this came from the guy, the video guy right in the hallway where the setup was. Oh, man. And this makes me really pissed off. Because you're telling me these guys cheated in 2019 as well? So not only they screwed the Yankees in 2017. And obviously they end up screwing the Dodgers in the World Series. But you screwed the Yankees in 2019 too? Are you you kidding me? This is totally unacceptable. These guys got to be held accountable. It's a must. MLB has to come down hard on these guys. And the problem is, I'm going to say it over and over again. Yeah, Altuve, Bregman, even Josh Reddick. Those guys need to be suspended. But the problem is that MLB is going to have to open up a whole new investigation regarding that. And then you're going to have the MLB Players Association fight them to the death on that. So it's going to take a couple of months probably just to figure out these guys are going to get suspended or not. Are they going to get suspended? It's it's a whole long process. It feels like the an endless freaking soap opera. It, it's just ridiculous. It's like what what else is going to come out now? And uh, I zoom. I had I had this picture that I looked at, and it was of Josh Reddick, and he was sitting down. I believe it was either Fox Sports or MLB Network, whoever it was, after the World Series, and they were talking to Josh Reddick about whatever they were asking him questions, and he had this tape on his chest. And if when you zoomed in on this picture, you saw a wire connected to it. Now, take that as however you want. But I think that that was something that was basically close to the buzzers where to let him know what was coming. So MLB's going to have to open up a whole new investigation regarding that. And another crazy thing here. Jose Altuve. Hitting that walk-off home run against a Roldis Chapman in the 2019 ALCS. All he's thinking about. He's rounding the bases, right? So he's rounding third. And right away, he starts yanking basically on his shirt. When his teammates know, he's saying, no, no, don't rip off my shirt. Because there was something, on, there was that buzzer on his right shoulder. He didn't want everyone to see it. And then when Ken Rosenthal interviewed him and, and asked him and told him, why did you tell your teammates that you didn't want them to rip your shirt off? He said something like, what, what did he say exactly? Uh, he said something that his, something with his wife saying that they can't do it. And that he got in trouble with his wife last time when that happened. So 
So you could take that however you want there. But I find it very suspicious here. This guy is just absolutely seems like a full blown cheater and he's lying. He continues to lie because someone asked him once again. And Joel Sherman tweeted out saying that Jose Altuve continues to deny that. Well, once again, we got another liar on our hands. It's like one of these guys, one of these assholes going to come clean about this. When is this going to happen? And to be honest with you, they're obviously they're never going to come clean. Because why would they? Not until MLB opens up a whole new investigation regarding this. And like, I was watching the Michael K show yesterday. And something that caught my attention was when I continued to watch that highlight of Jose Altuve in that walk-off home run against Chapman in the 2019 ALCS. Which brought them to the World Series. And Michael Kay brought up a really good point. When he was saying to his teammates around third base, don't rip off my shirt, don't rip off my shirt. Since when is that your first thought after hitting a walk-off home run to send your team to the World Series? That's what I find odd about this too. Right away, he tells Ken Rosenthal, the guy who asked him questions right after hitting the walk-off home run. He says something that, you know, would happen. He's like, this oh, just told my teammates, don't rip off my shirt. I got in trouble with my wife last time when that happened. Why is that the first thing that comes to mind? You just sent your team to the World Series. You just hit a home run off of a Roldis Chapman, who's the, one of the hardest thrown relief pitchers in the game. That, and that's the first throw that comes to your mind? Don't rip off my shirt? Well, the MLB Commissioner Rob Manford has a, a lot on his hands here, man. He got to open up a whole new investigation, and I expect it to happen. But we don't know how far this is going to get now. Because if you do say that Altuve, Bregman, and Josh Reddick get suspended, let's just say, for a month or two or even longer, the Players Association is going to fight to the death on that. It's just it's a whole new process. It's going to take a long time for that. Now, I think that they should take away Houston's championship trophy and even Boston's 2018 championship trophy. And if I was Rob Manford, I would take both of their trophies and in a press conference and just announce that in 2017 and 2018, we have no winners there was no winners in 2017 and 2018. You just take it out and just cross Houston and Boston off the championship list in 2017 and 2018. Obviously, you can't take back the rings because as soon as the rings are given out, the rings are given out. That's it. Let them have that. I don't care about that. Their championships will forever be tarnished. We all know that. But, like, I'm taking a whole step forward here and just saying that remove... The 2017 championship trophy. Remove the 2018 championship trophy. And come out at the press conference and say that we have no winners in 2017 and 2018. Because it screwed the Yankees and Dodgers over. Multiple times. It's unbelievable. It's 
It's ridiculous. And what's even crazier here is that in today's game of baseball, it's so sad that I'm going to say this, but it's so easy to cheat. So easy. Anyone can have that set up. I'm not going to, of course, I'm not going to say that my team's cheaters because I wouldn't believe that. But the Yankees are capable of doing that. The Mets are capable of doing that. The Cleveland Indians are capable of that. You go around the whole entire league, all 30 baseball teams. Everyone else is completely capable of doing that. So that's just my thoughts so far on what's going on with that. Now, I'm going to move to my final topic today. And that's the NFL Championship Weekend. We got the Tennessee Titans. The six-seed Tennessee Titans. Going to Kansas City against the second-seed Kansas City Chiefs. And in our NFC Championship game, we got the Green Bay Packers going on the road against San Francisco 49ers. So... I'm going to go with, in the AFC Championship, I'm going to take Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans on the road in Kansas City. And let me explain real quick. First of all, I went against Tennessee in the wild card round when they played the Patriots. Obviously wrong. I went against them in the divisional round against Baltimore because I had Baltimore win the Super Bowl. Obviously wrong there. I don't want to go against this 9-7 and seven Tennessee Titans team a third time. Just because there, it reminds me so much of the Giants when they were 9-7. and seven. They knocked out the top two seeds in the NFC. Which was Green Bay and uh, San Francisco. As they were on their run to beating the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now, that's what it looks like with Tennessee right now. They're one game away from the Super Bowl. And if Tennessee does win this game, what's even a crazier thing here is that Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Titans, was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And this is where Super Bowl 54 is going to be played, in Miami. So just imagine the former Miami Dolphin going to play the Super Bowl where he was drafted, basically. That's absolutely crazy to me. He went from the Dolphins, who's to the bottom of the division, to the Tennessee Titans, was a backup quarterback for Marcus Mariota, then became the team starter, driving this 9-7 and team to the Super Bowl, possibly, and not just the Super Bowl, but at the stadium where you used to play. The team that drafted you. That's where the Super Bowl is being held this year. That's absolutely crazy. So, the keys for the Titans to win here is that they just need, De- once again, Derrick Henry's an absolute monster. This guy is just crazy big, crazy strong. I expect him to have a big game, and he most likely will for the Titans here. And some other guys other than Derrick Henry is, um, let's see, 
A.J. Brown, the rookie wide receiver, he's in NFL Rookie of the Year conversations with Josh Jacobs as well. So A.J. Brown needs to have a, a good day. And even Ryan Tannehill, he needs not not just in the running game, handing it off to Derrick Henry. You need to have a good passing game going. You got to hook up with your rookie receiver, A.J. Brown. Got to hook up with second-year receiver, Corey Davis. Guys like that. Oh, and of course, um, Humphreys, too. Can't, can't forget about Humphreys. Now, keys for the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. Stop Derrick Henry. And you, wa- and you want to know how to stop Derrick Henry? Not tackling him up. Don't wrap him up. All you got to do is tackle him low. Down by the legs. You want to cut him down like a tree. I don't. That's the only way Kansas City is going to stop Derrick Henry. Is if they go low on him. Because if they go high. He's too strong. He's going to beat you. He's going to stiff arm you. He's going to push you around. He's going to spin you in a circle. The way he spinned around. Baltimore Ravens safety Earl Thomas. So that's what I have to say about that game. I have Tennessee winning that game. Now, in the NFC Championship, we have Aaron Rodgers going up, a veteran quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback, going up against the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo has only played in that one playoff game what we've seen against the Vikings. Garoppolo is just... An average quarterback. That's all he's been so far. And he's been just good enough for the 49ers. And I guess that's all you need so far. That's all you need out of him. Now, does he have what it takes to take down Aaron Rodgers in a crucial playoff game? To take your team to the Super Bowl? And I'm going to go with, yes, I think the 49ers are going to win and advance to the Super Bowl. Now, this Niners defense is something else. Nick Boza, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas. Guys like that, those guys are monsters on that defensive line. And we saw it when they were playing each other in the regular season, how that turned out. That defense was all over Aaron Rodgers, sacking him. They were getting to him. Now, and I hate bringing regular season talk into the playoffs because the playoffs is a whole different animal, a whole different season. But I think that could happen once again. That that Niners defense is really good and really scary. And they're going to get to Rodgers a lot. Like what we've seen in the regular season matchup. Now, for the Packers, it's going to be tough. Because it seems like their only receiver is Devontae Adams. That's all they got right now. They got Aaron Jones in a running game. 
I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough for Green Bay to, to advance to the Super Bowl. Their defense, they have some good guys on defense, Preston Smith. Their secondary is questionable. They have Adrian Amos in the secondary. It's just, I don't think it's enough for Green Bay. I think it's going to be really tough for them. I think San Francisco got it. And I have Tennessee and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And that's going to do it for today. And I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend.